Good morning. A few weeks ago when I first started preparing for this message, uh, Brenda asked me, what, which of the fruit are you talking about? And I said, patience. And she just laughed at me. <laughs> so uh, the secret's out. I'm not the most patient man in the world. I think in some circumstances, I'm pretty patient. In other, pa- other situations, I just lose it. And one of the things I think is my biggest test in patience is driving a car in this area. And as I was driving one a few weeks ago and mindful that I'm preaching this sermon, I was really agitated and I was just kind of tried to step back and be my own psychotherapist and say, why am I so impatient? And I guess what what it came down to is I realized that I hate to waste my time and my life sitting at stoplights and crawling along in congested traffic. So I guess what it is is that, you know, I'm very selfish with my time. I don't want to waste my time or my life. So when other people are impacting me, it it drives me crazy. So patience, to a large extent, relates to how we deal with other people and how they impact our own agenda. Um, So when we become impatient with other people, essentially what we're saying is that our agenda or we are more important than they are. Now, of course, we would never utter those words, but essentially when we're impatient, that's what's going on. But anyway, when Brenda finally stopped laughing at me, um, I do what I normally do whenever I start to prepare a message, and the first words out of my mouth is, what am I going to talk about? And of course, being the helpful wife that she is, she says, "What's, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Well, immediately I started to get impatient, because if I had some thought in mind, I wouldn't have said what I just said. And uh, so she offers her input, and she says, love is patient. So being the wise woman that she is, she usually hits on some good things. So I took a look at that passage. Uh, Pastor Tim talked about that a few weeks ago. I was from 1 Corinthians uh, 13, which is the great love chapter. And so what I did was I just compared. I do have a slide, I think. Hello. I was comparing the two passages, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, with 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. And if you look at them, there's a lot of similar words, and also maybe not a word-for-word correlation, but an idea-for-idea correlation between the two. And what it just kind of drove home for me was that in regards to the application of the fruit of the Spirit is that how important love is um, to the Christian life and how we interact with each other. So... But it's also reinforced by Paul when you take a step back and you look at the context of the passage of the fruits of the, the fruit of the Spirit is you go back to verse 13. It says, for you were not called, um, there we go, is my clicker dead? I'm getting impatient. Yes, okay, there we go. I forgot what I had put up there. Yeah, uh, verse 13, it says, For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And again, the very next verse, the importance of love, is for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So in regarding to interacting with each other, love is very, very important. But you didn't come here today to talk about love. You came here to hear about patience today. So I'm going to show you a video in a little bit. But uh, um, what is patience? And 
typical definition, if you pull out on the internet or pull out a dictionary, it's, it's the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Easier said than done. But actually, if you go ahead and show the video, I think the video is a good example of what patience really is. That cat was incredibly patient. But if you saw, he had a limit. He gave that one dog a karate kick. Like, okay, enough here. Patience, patience. Uh, we can all joke about it. It's one of those things that we wish we had more of. But uh, where the what's the line? I wish I had. Give me patience. I want it now, kind of thing. But I think uh, I'm going to head on today talk about patience amongst each other. But I think I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about patience in, in two other areas, and I'll just touch on them real lightly. One is it has to do with the, the patience, uh, our patience in, in, in dealing with God and our patience with ourselves. So real quickly, um, the first point about being patient with God is that we just need to be patient and wait on His timing. I know that that is kind of a cliche and there's nothing we can do about it. Um, it's kind of frustrating when you think about it because God is, He created time. He's outside of time. He's never in a hurry, and nothing ever catches him by surprise. Now, us, on the other hand, we are very much confined by the limits of space and time. And we call to God, we ask for help, we ask for you know, direction and wisdom, and, and sometimes it, it, it's very slow in coming, and sometimes it may not come at all. So all I would just like to encourage you with is that, um, and that is, we need to be patient and trust in God's timing. And I want to encourage you because faith is what pleases God. And by waiting and trusting in God, you are demonstrating faith. If you have a situation where you can wait, then I'd encourage you to do that and to trust God and be very patient. Now, unfortunately, there are situations in our lives where we don't have the luxury of waiting indefinitely. We have to make a decision. And so my, my little application for you is, is a verse in Second Timothy verse, or chapter 1, verse 7. It says... Uh, uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and sound mind. And what I want to impress upon you, if you can't wait and you need to make a decision, is to apply what's called the sound mind principle. And that's where you use your God-given mind to make the best decision you can. You collect the facts, you consult with other people, you do a pro-con list, you do everything you can. Most importantly, you do a, a gut check. You look inside and like, okay, what, what's going on? Am I promoting myself? Am I promoting others? Am I helping myself? Am I hurting others? Is this glorifying God or is it glorifying me? So when you factor in all those decisions and then prayerfully commit it to God, that's the sound mind decision. So if you can wait, please wait on God as an act of faith. If not, you know, we all have to make decisions and move on. So apply that sound mind principle. Now in regards to being patient with ourselves, Sometimes we can be our own worst enemies and criticize ourselves too hard. I mean, it's good every once in a while to stop and do a self-assessment and realize when you're missing the mark and you're, you're doing things you shouldn't do and you need to repent and confess that and pray about that. But sometimes we can, ver we can really beat ourselves up more than, than we need to. And sometimes we can some impose those same thoughts that maybe if I don't like myself, then maybe God doesn't like me. And that's wrong. God has way more patience and way more grace than we have. But we, we can't think, let ourselves think that He is displeased with us because 
everything that we do, he looks at us through the eyes, through the lens of, of what Christ has done for us. Now, another thing we can do when we're impatient with ourselves, or what may cause us to be impatient with ourselves, is when we compare ourselves with other people. God's given us people in our lives for our benefit, not our hurt. So what I just want to pass on is use godly people as an example, but not as a standard to evaluate yourself. Use godly people as an example, but not as a standard to evaluate yourself. You know, there's people that may have a lot of faith, there's people that may be prayer warriors is people that may have a good knowledge of the Bible and you can say, well, I don't match up to those people. Well, that's not the purpose. They're there to be an example for us, not a tool to, to, to condemn ourselves. And another thing to bear in mind is that uh, in keeping with Paul's illustration of bearing fruit, fruit grows at its own natural pace. Every fruit tree bears its fruit at different times. And there's a principle from Scripture that I want to share with you, and it's from Psalms. It's chapter 1. Uh, verses 2 and 3. And it's about the man or woman who's trying to live a godly life. And this is what it says. It says, But his delight, or her delight, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be a, like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water. And this is the key part, which yields its fruit in its season. I think we all have a season in our lives where we're going to be fruitful. And in the meantime, we may be in the process of maturing. And that's why we need to be patient with each other, is that our time has not yet come. Now, it doesn't mean that we just sit around and do nothing. We have to take some effort to prepare God, to prepare for God to do His work. We need to make sure that the soil of our heart is in the right condition. We need to do, um, have discipline in our lives, create good habits, and one very good habit is to get into God's Word and let God's Word, if you will, be a seed that plants in our lives and the Holy Spirit comes and water us. So when we're patient with ourselves to bear fruit, it's the combination of God's Word with the Holy Spirit that will bear fruit in our lives. So that's just a quick look at patience with God, patience with ourselves. So finally, patience with one another. That's where the rubber meets the road. My patience is running out with this clicker. When looking at the Bible, you need to take a look at the context of, this is Galatians chapter 5, verses 15 through 26. And I don't expect you to read that, but the highlighted verses, uh, the beginning and the end, it's what's called a sandwich. And these are two similar ideas that, that uh, bookend what's in between. And and the sandwich or the bread or those highlighted passages is dealing with um, what's in between it is addressing those, the, the issue. And what's, and what's highlighted are two verses that talk about dealing with each other. Verse 15 says, But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. And then the last verse 26 up there, it says, Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. And what those two verses are doing is saying that is within the body of Christ you can have problems. You can have negative interactions with each other. And so this is what, how Paul is a little bit of literary structure is in between in the sandwich is the meat. And one slice of meat is the cause of the problem, which is the works of the flesh. And the other slice of the meat is the solution, which is the fruit of the Spirit. 
But what I want to just show out here is the whole fruit, context of the fruit of the Spirit is how do we deal with each other. So when you think about applying the fruit of the Spirit, it's meant to be communally. Now, I gave you a, a definition earlier of what patience was, but I need to give you a more biblical definition. And patience, and this is uh, in your outline if you want to fill it in, patience is that quality of self-restraint in the face of provocation that does not hastily retaliate or promptly punish. Patience is the quality of self-restraint in the face of provocation, which does not hastily retaliate or promptly punish. The earlier definition I gave you was basically saying, hey, just hang in there if you've got a tough time going on. What this does, it puts an element of time on it. It says not hastily retaliating or promptly punishing it. Because as I was looking into this whole thing of, of patience and trying to study it and see what other people had um, said about it, I came to the conclusion that there are three elements to patience. One is time, one is purpose, and the other is a limit. Now time, obviously if you're patient, you're waiting for something. Purpose, okay, what are you waiting for? And then finally, there's a limit. Too much patience can be a bad thing, and I'll explain that in a little bit. But we saw this in Jonah. I'm sure Jonah's on the forefront of your mind, but I just so happened to be taught on this, and it, and it came to me as Jonah was praying, and just the context was Jonah was upset that God was not judging the Ninevites. And then he prays his prayer to God. He says, You are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. So I bolded those phrases. Slow to anger. The word patience is not used very often in the Old Testament, but that's the the, the terminology that's used for God's patience. So God is slow to anger. It takes time for his anger to reach fruition. Okay, what is the purpose? The purpose is in his loving kindness. And loving kindness is a word that means it's a steadfast, loyal uh, love between people who are desiring to be connected or, or belong together with each other. So the purpose in God's slowness to his anger, the purpose in his patience, is for the people, the Nineveh, to repent. He wants people to be in a relationship with him, and that's what his purpose was. Now the limit is if we reject God, if we take advantage of his patience, we reject his love, then there's judgment. And that's what he's talking about in calamity. So we see the three elements of time, purpose, and a limit in regards to patience. So that's what I'm going to do to talk the rest of the message about those three elements in regard to how we interact with each other. Time. We all need to give each other time to grow or mature. If you've ever taught kids, if you've ever... Uh, help train a new person at a job, it takes time. They, need, they just don't pick it up right away. So you need to be patient and give them time to grow. The Apostle Paul, when he was on his missionary journeys, he stopped at Galatia. And then after he was giving them time to grow, and he got word that they were not, they were not developing as they should, so he had to take time and write them a letter. Now, some people believe that from the time he visited them to he wrote the book of Galatians could have been anywhere from one to four years. 
So just think back of where you were when you were one to four years old in your faith. You probably didn't have all your facts together either. But there was a time in a, uh, that, that uh, Paul gave them, and, and again, this may be another cliche, is that, uh, but it's true, is that we all need to recognize that we are a work in progress. We're all a work in progress. And Paul was giving the Galatians time, and he actually modeled this uh, uh, time, purpose, and limit because the book of Galatians is, is called the angry epistle because of the tone that Paul takes when he opens the epistle. He let the Galatians go, let them try to grow on their own. He heard that they were not progressing, and so he had to make a very direct letter to them and, and confront them, hey, you are on the wrong course. His patience had ended, he had to direct them. So that's what we see here in the book of, of Galatians. But we all need time because we're all a work in progress. All right, what is the purpose? The purpose. God's always at work in our life to make us, to change us, to transform us, to conform us to His, the way He wants us to live. And He uses various things in our lives or circumstances, the people, the people around us, and I don't know what the purpose God has for you specifically. I'm not even sure what God's plan is for me. But generally speaking, what I can tell you is this, is that the goal is that we become conformed to the image of Christ. Is that we become conformed to the image of Christ. So when we're patient with each other, there's a couple things going on there. One is that we need to wait, and it's not always easy to wait as we deal with people. And sometimes they irritate us, maybe unintentionally, maybe there's personality conflicts, maybe there's you know, a slip of the tongue or whatever, but we need to be patient with each other. And that works in our lives to help us to rough off the smooth, uh, smooth off the rough edges, excuse me. But also, when we're patient with other people, we're actually modeling Christ-likeness to them to, to, so they can see what it was like you know, when Jesus was patient with his disciples. Because we all need to see that model. But the whole point is to be patient with each other so that we can become more like Christ. Sometimes our patience wears thin, but we can't quit. We've got to keep on. And I came across a Beth Moore quote. I thought this was, a, was pretty good. Beth Moore is a very well-known Bible teacher. She said, the world breeds impatience. We have to go to the Word of God to find patience. The most difficult people are the sandpaper we need to be completed or mature. We can't situate our lives to avoid all conflict. This is God's finishing work for us. And a blank in your outline is convenience does not produce character. Convenience does not produce character. So God uses each one of us in each other's lives to conform us to the image of His Son. So when you look around here at Calvary, you shouldn't see Carl or Janice or Jack or, or Misuk. What you should see is sandpaper. Now if I was real spiritual like Ben did, he went around and he put a penny on each one of the seats, I would have put a little piece of sandpaper on, on, on your seats. But, but, you know, kidding aside is no matter what, how well you get along with somebody, you're always going to come up, there's going to be friction in that relationship. So 
Again, we need to be patient to allow God to use other people to smooth us off to make him more like his son. So that's time, purpose, and what's the limit? There comes a point in time when continued patience becomes unhealthy. And if we don't confront other people in a very direct manner, essentially what we're doing is we're enabling them to continue on on a wrong path. By being too patient or failing to confront somebody, we're failing to love them. And by enabling people, we're actually becoming an accomplice in the same sin or difficulty that they're struggling with. So there comes a point in time where you need to get their attention. And that's what Paul did when he wrote the letter to the Galatians. But when patience is gone, we need confrontation. Matthew 18 talks about how you confront somebody. You go one-on-one. You don't talk about somebody else or talk to a third person. First of all, you go directly to that person. All right, that will teach you a whole lot because that's a very difficult thing to do. It's very hard to do. People don't do it. And it's very convenient to not do that. But we need to do that for two reasons. One is we need to have their best interest in mind. This is all part of Again, the whole thing is about loving people. Confronting them is to have their best interest in mind, not yours. Sometimes you may talk to people because what they're doing is irritating you. It may not be what they're doing is right or wrong. It's just, it's just a personality conflict. You don't really, you're doing that confrontation more for your own benefit than theirs. But if for situations you see bad habits, repeated habits that you need to confront, you need to confront them. Then you need to do that. And most of the time, if people are convinced that you have their best interest in mind, they will listen to you. All right. There's there's a fear that people are going to reject you, and that's that's true no matter what. But you need to take, you need to realize that if they may want to hear feedback, and we all need feedback, but if you convince them that their best interests are what your motive is, they'll they'll tend to listen to you. But for us, being conformed to the image of Christ, we need to be like Jesus, who was full of grace and truth. And let me just this coming to the end here. John tells us that uh, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. Glory is the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was that perfect balance of grace, which you've heard is something that God generously and freely gives us that we don't deserve. His love, His acceptance, He's given us, offered us the gift of eternal life. We don't deserve that. We will never deserve that. That is the grace of Jesus well, truth, on the other hand, that's the standard by which we're to live. All right? Jesus embodied that too. So he was the perfect balance of grace and truth. And if we go too far with, with patience, we can, we, can, we can step over some lines here. I want to show you a quote. I couldn't find exactly where it came from, but um, grace without truth is hypocrisy. And truth without grace is brutality. Grace without truth is hypocrisy. And truth without grace is brutality. And let me explain what that means. Is that some people think if they they trust Jesus, believe in Jesus, he's forgiven them, they think, oh, that's great, but I can still do whatever I want to do. That's not true. That That is 
you're going to be a hypocrite. Even people of the world, people who do not go to church, know that there's a certain behavior that Christians are supposed to exhibit. And if we don't live up to that, and we take advantage of God's grace or God's patience, we're going to become guilty of hypocrisy. Now, truth, on the other hand, we can beat ourselves up, we can beat other people up. I mean, you read the Bible, it's full of commands. And if all we're doing is just slapping each other with the commands, you need to pray, you need to read the Bible, you need to tithe, you need to, I mean, you can just beat yourself up over and over and over again. But there's a balance. I had a friend who, I don't know why he continued to go to this church, but he said every Sunday from the pulpit, the congregation got a verbal beating. They were shamed or guilted into taking action every week. And that's truth without grace, and it was brutality. So applying that to patience is if we're too patient with people and turn a blind eye when we need to confront them, then we become complicit with hypocrisy. And likewise, if we become too impatient and beat them up with the truth, we can become too brutal. The the key is we need to have wisdom to know when to apply truth and when to apply grace. Tim mentioned a few weeks ago, this is in closing, is that uh, love is about making a sacrifice. And being patient with someone is a sacrifice on our part. Patience is doing something that we would not naturally want to do, which is sacrificing our time and convenience for the benefit of someone else. So it's sacrificing our time and convenience for the benefit of someone else. It's an act of love. And the opposite of patience is agitation, discouragement, and a desire for revenge. In Galatians 6-7, Paul said, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. So my question to you in closing is, what seeds are you sowing in your life? Are you sowing seeds of the flesh to foster that natural inclination to be impatient and, and uh, seek revenge and be agitated? Or are you sowing seeds for the fruit of God's Spirit to be born out in your life? Is the soil of your heart in the right condition for God's Word to have an impact through the Holy Spirit? So what fruit is being produced in your life? Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you.